Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Thursday, December 21st. Happy solstice. It is the shortest day of the year, thank God. So we are going to finish this day out easily. Here is what's driving the day. At the top of Playbook, we have an inside look of what's going on at the Washington Post. You may have heard about these buyouts, 240 offered to the folks that work there. We spoke to reporters at the Post who tell us that the rollout of this has been, quote, messy, that they feel like it was set up to be the Hunger Games or Game of Thrones, and that management hasn't handled it in a way that at the end of this, when the buyouts are all said and done and announced, that the morale will be so low that it's going to take a lot to pull the Post and, more importantly, the reporters and editors left there up. I don't want to give you too much information because I want you to head a playbook right now and read it, but but definitely some really, really interesting stuff there from one of the nation's top papers. And in the Golden State, our political California team teamed up with Morning Consult to look at the California Senate race. As you guys know, it has current House members going head-to-head. Representative Adam Schiff, you have Representative Barbara Lee, and also Representative Katie Porter, who are taking each other on. What the polling found was that Schiff, who is a 12-term Democrat, leads with 28% of likely voters— Former L.A. Dodgers star Steve Garvey is in second currently with 19%, Katie Porter in third with 17%, and Lee notching at 14%. Statistically, that's a three-way tie. And joining me now from L.A. to chat about that new poll is senior California political reporter Melanie Mason. Melanie, welcome. Your first time on the pod. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you so much. You know, one of the most interesting things about California is it feels kind of like its own mini United States. Like there's all these different places that represent different parts of this country, the different constituencies, and also the fact that you guys have hot, heated races almost every time there's a Senate race. So the polling here, basically what we have and what you guys found is that Adam Schiff is like in a very, very clear lead. But because of the way the state works, the top two people will go against each other, no matter whether they're Democrats or Republicans. So talk a bit about where Schiff is, but most importantly, what the race for second currently looks like. That's exactly right. So it, this is Schiff is not running in a Democratic primary. There's no Republican primary. It's sort of everybody's in the pool altogether. And so for Schiff, who has really broken out in sort of the clear first place, he's looking at what seems to be uh, a clumping together of his two top Democratic competitors, which is Congresswoman Barbara Lee uh, of Oakland and Congresswoman Katie Porter of Orange County. And they are pretty close together, as is Republican Steve Garvey, who is not a politician. Uh, He is actually a former L.A. Dodger. And so what we're seeing in this poll, and really, I think, kind of for the first time in the polling we've seen in this race, is that while Schiff seems to be, you know, establishing a fairly clear lead, it's really a, a race for second place. And depending on who gets into that second place spot, it will be a very different race in the fall. You know, if, if Adam Schiff ends up running against a Republican, it's probably going to be a lot easier of a race in deep blue California than if he has to go up against another Democrat. And both of the Democrats are probably more progressive than, than, than he is by kind of a long shot. And so I guess of those two women, who 
is showing kind of the best signs of possibly hitting that number two spot when things are all said and done. It's interesting because one of the things that we we thought we would have in this race is sort of a debate over what the future of the Democratic Party could look like. Hmm, but Schiff yeah. himself, uh, you know, would want to say, no, no, I'm, I'm a progressive too. In fact, he tried to join the Progressive Caucus, which got a little side-eyed uh, reaction from some of the progressives. <laughs> but on, on some of the major policies like Medicare for All or abortion rights, all three of those candidates are really on the same page. And so then it's really just a matter of, of style and of profile. So for somebody like uh, Congresswoman Katie Porter, you know, she's this sort of progressive icon in the sense that she takes it to corporations right? She's the one with the whiteboard. She really is making that part of her selling point. And I do think that because of that, she has captured the eye perhaps of maybe more independent-leaning voters than otherwise would expect. Whereas Congresswoman Lee, who has been representing the Bay Area for a very, very long time, she's really an icon of progressives in California. She was, of course, the only person to vote against uh, military authorization after 9-11. So she's this anti-war icon. Uh, And of course, is uh, the only black woman in the race, too. And so in a state as diverse as California, that's also a sort of subtext that is that is going on. So what we're seeing is these women try, and, and Schiff himself, try to sort of find their own lanes when there's not a ton of policy differences. I think the biggest one that we've been tracking, though, is this Israel-Hamas war. That's a place where we actually are seeing some distance between the three. Barbara Lee has been way out front calling for a ceasefire, and I think that that's really energized progressives. KB Porter kind of trying to find a little bit of a middle ground with this uh, kind of a ceasefire, but with asterisks. And Adam Schiff has been opposed to a ceasefire, much like the Biden administration sort of from the get-go. So we are seeing some like windows between those three candidates, but it is not a like Bernie Sanders versus Joe Biden, you know, what, where should the Democratic Party go kind of contest? At least not yet. It might be as things heat up. As things heat up, is there any expectation that either Porter or Lee are going to get more pressure to to maybe drop out, right, to to make way for the other person so that it's not a Republican versus a Democrat, that no matter what ends up happening, that a Democrat will have that Senate seat? Obviously, it's California, so that— not happening would be insane. But I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the fact there isn't a Black woman in the Senate, for example, right? Are people pressuring either of them to to make way for the other? I think that there was maybe a point in time in the fall where that conversation was really going on, especially after Senator Feinstein died. And there was this question when uh, Governor Newsom replaced her with a black woman, Senator LaFonza Butler, because there was this sense that representation is really important. And I think that certainly for Lee's pitch, it is really important to carry that legacy. But if we look at across the country right now, there are also some black women running in other states who are very strongly positioned in places like Delaware, for example. And so she's not necessarily going to say it's, you know, it's me or, or nobody um, if you're looking at all hundred senators. And so I think that maybe that argument has lost a little bit of its luster. The other thing is, it's like, look, these are two women who are very determined. I I think neither of them, I would anticipate just in terms of their focus on this race, the message that they want to carry. I don't think either inclined to drop out. You know, Katie Porter is leaving a very, very competitive House race, right? I mean, this is a race where the battle of the control of the House might hinge on where this race ends up. And she got out of that race to run for Senate. So I think if she was giving up that, I don't think she's going to sort of willingly back off before she has to, before the votes are cast. 
Right, right. When you guys look at the kind of constituencies in this Senate race that are going to tell us a lot about how this may shape up and who might get that second place, you know, we know the key constituencies of the the Democratic Party writ large, but who are you really looking at who are going to make the difference here? So I'm going to give you a curveball answer, um, which is that the constituency that I'm going to be looking at are Trump voters. Oh, um, and here's okay. <laughs> Here's why. Because I think that that the question for Steve Garvey, who's the the Dodger that's running, the, the Republican that seems to be the most viable, is can he consolidate the millions of Republicans and, you know, the millions of Trump voters that are in this state? Remember, there's going to be a, a presidential primary going on the same ballot. And so while I think when we get to November, we can slice and dice the Democratic electorate to see those constituencies. I think if we're really trying to figure out if this is going to be a Dem on Dem race in the fall or if there's going to be a Republican, it depends where these Trump voters turn out. So for somebody like Garvey, who's trying to run as like somewhat of a moderate Republican and has, I, I describe him as Trump agnostic. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the question of if Trump voters embrace him, that could really be the difference maker in what the race looks like for the rest of the year. Oh, I love, we love a curveball answer on this pod. And with that, Melanie, thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone who wants to read this and look at more of the polling, political.com as always. Thanks, Eugene. And for your schedule today, the Senate and the House are out. And the biggest thing on President Biden's schedule today is him receiving the daily presidential briefing, which, you know, he gets every day. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 